it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Grounds Crew. As always, before we get started, make sure you like and subscribe. We appreciate your support. Uh, today, we have a legitimate reason to talk about the Mets. Normally, at some point, we go off on a tangent talking about the Mets because we are homers. We love the, we love the team. Um, and the Mets are a dumpster fire, unfortunately. And they are in the news today and for the last couple days for a very weird reason. Uh, so we brought on, uh, in my opinion, the leading source in Mets news on Twitter, John McConey. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, leading source. Yes, Mets absolutely. Twitter. Former player for the Mets. Um, and, John, I feel like you could best explain it. What What is the situation going on right now? Well, Baez, Lindor, Pilar, I guess. All yep. of them were given yeah. thumbs down to each other. To each other and just, you know, they had a little inside joke between them, teammates, it happens. And, and then know, Javi effed Javi up. Yeah, Javi uh, didn't explain it the best. He, I guess he kind of came out and said, well, the fans booed us, we're booing back. Which is soft, soft, yes, ten ply, yeah. right, yeah, and and not exactly. <laughs> I don't think that's how he meant to say it or how it was meant to be in the beginning. Yeah. Um, however, you know, <clears throat> Mets fans, Mets Twitter, mm-hmm. running away with everything. Yeah. Nobody's better on Twitter at inciting violence of words better than you, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love like it. it's easy. The Nationals yeah. fans truly hate you, yep. and now some Mets fans also have yeah. a disdain for you as a person yeah me and my uh, 18 era somewhere um yeah yeah it's <laughs> only in double a only double a yeah. you were great everywhere else no it was an indie ball was it indie ball that yeah. you were 18 i was terrible in indie ball oh oh, oh with right. the ducks yep mm-hmm. with um, the ducks that doesn't count no it doesn't count. tell that story yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, the duck story i was sitting on my couch for like two years not touching baseballs and they <laughs> called me they were like hey we had four guys get signed and three guys get hurt come pitch i was like I can't. I haven't touched a baseball in forever. And the guy was like, "Yeah, we just need a body up there." So, eighteen ERA. That's how Love it shows up. Yeah, did your job. Love that. That's all that Hey, I was there. Once a professional, always a professional. That's right. Eating up innings. <laughs> it's about the team, not about the ERA. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so Javi. I mean, everybody on the Mets caught crap for it. Um, you know, not realizing that it had nothing to do with the fans. I, I don't think it really had anything to do. with I don't the fans. think it did either. Um, I think it was more. They made something up within the team. It probably took them two seconds. They weren't sitting for nights texting about it and dwelling on it. They're like, hey, like, let's just boo each other back because it's funny. Like, we need something. And, I mean, you've been with a lot of athletes. How many athletes use either you and do things despite you to not to do, like, anything? things? They, they, again, because so you, you know it especially, and, and you also have some insight that's very specific to the Mets' current roster. Mm-hmm. So you have some insight there that's different than everyone else. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a 162-game season. We have to find different ways for us to spend 10 days getting out of a funk, doing something. Yeah. You spend a lot of time with the same few people, and then you start hearing the same things. you got to kind of break a cycle sometimes. Right. Yeah. And, and this is everybody loved the churve. They loved all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. The thumbs down, I think, was, and we, we were talking off, off the show, um, kind of this opportunity to just take the booing, turn it on to themselves, and say, we're going to use it as motivation to come out of a slump. Right. We know we suck. We're not going to smile about it anymore. Let's start to, like, remind ourselves that we need to do some shit. Right. And, I mean, any athlete that I've ever met, any sport, they use – they need motivation. 
Yep. It's it's not they a lot of the times they don't internalize and create it themselves. They need to do things despite someone, whether it's a rival on the team or on another team. Um a strength coach, a parent, whatever, like somebody's on them about something, use it to get mad. And that's a healthy thing you're taught to do in sports. Yeah. So them doing this really they didn't go in the crowd and boo the fans, like they booed to each other. That's just something that teammates do. You have to find some stuff. Yeah. And I think for me, like, I was kind of waiting for them to do something to kind of just try and kickstart themselves because, like, it was kind of bothering me the last month. Like, they've been playing like crap. And there was nobody throwing helmets. There's no one, like, really showing any, like, true emotion of, like, hey, like, this sucks. We need <clears throat> to fix it. And however this manifested into this moment, like, I know that there have been obviously conversations, but the fact that they're actually starting to play a little bit better and this is one of the I'm not taking a two game win streak as them. Sure, whatever. Fine. I'm out I, on that. Hundred percent. Miss score runs. Hundred percent. Miss me. Miss me. It's, it's, not, it's not sure. It's been a couple of days, but I I wanted to see some passion. I wanted to see them fight back and actually yeah. show like they're trying to make a run. Like they have this small opportunity to maybe stay in it, but I wanted to see something from them, and even if it's this. Yeah, the whole rainbows and butterfly things that they were putting out, like, oh, smile, everybody, it's okay. Like, that was yep. driving me nuts. Yeah. Um, I'd rather see them be jerks about things and go exactly. out and win and do their job. We don't We don't need to be this nice all the time. Like, let's right. be a little mean. I know, like, the, the thing about the 86 Mets is coming out soon, and, like, those guys were, like, hardcore people, and they wanted to win more than anything else. Yeah. And it takes a Is little, that true? Maybe. They did not like want it. to win more than anything they else. They wanted to do a lot of other they things. Wanted to, they wanted to do blow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, listen, the the super – I'm pretty sure that the, the big story about Daryl Strawberry mm-hmm. was while he was a Met that he snagged a, a, a woman out of the stands and then went in between innings. And did, did some stuff. And, and got to know her on a personal level. Yeah. Got to get your mind right. During yeah. the game. <laughs> yep. So, like, let's not... And this goes back to everybody always, like, the memory, the ghosts of our idols live on and to be something that they're not, right? Like, people, the ghost of, of Michael Jordan is way better than the player he was. Mm-hmm. The, the ghost of the 86 Mets is now yeah. way better than it actually was. Sure. So, like... My, my my thing is is that we now are looking at this and this is a problem. But like you go back to them, guys doing drugs, die, hey, those guys are great. Okay, those yeah. guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, come on, man. 100%. And I, I just wanted to see something that was beyond the rainbows and butterflies, yeah, like you were saying. Because it was, it was too vanilla of like, hey, we're just going to kind of, everyone stay positive. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. We're going to make it through this. Like, I no. think that's where Mets fans started to kind of go south with them mm-hmm. or at least start to get angrier being like hey like at least acknowledge them even though they were like in interviews you can see like Lindor sure. a couple weeks ago was like yeah I've been hitting like crap the whole year right and Lindor ate it but like I think the problem is, is that Lindor didn't come out of his slump till later yeah. then once he did he got hurt yep. yep so like the challenge becomes there like there's no and again I don't want to this is just my opinion there doesn't seem to be a leader on the team yeah. and there's not the guy you even go back in time to when the Mets were at their like you know peak Metsness, and you had David Wright, Jose Reyes, Carlos Delgado. You had Carlos Beltran, but the dude who kind of ran the team and was like the the guy who rallied the troops was Paul Laduca, catcher, mm-hmm. right? He was rough and tumble, got after it, came up with the big hits, did the clutch things. So like they had somebody who was willing to be the vocal leader because. Delgado and Beltran were, right. hey, let's do it. Mm-hmm. David Wright was a, let's just do it. Reyes was a lot of energy. It was a lot mm-hmm. of things. But yep. people were like, hey, how do you rein that into control? Laduca was the guy who let that run. 
now there's no guy. DeGrom can be the guy at times. He's hurt. Yeah. There's no guy. But DeGrom's not really like that vocal dude. Like, DeGrom's not that vocal dude. find that in your catcher is like a true leader, yeah. like the Yachty Molinas, the Paul Ducas. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the things that's been talked about too is manager. Is 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 it a manager issue? I I don't think it's a manager issue. Okay. I, I played for Louis. He's listen when when you need to. Don't think he's there not saying anything to the guys. Oh, 100 percent. He's he used to call meetings after some bad losses that we had and shred us. Mm-hmm. So we don't see all that on purpose. There's you know things stay in the clubhouse for yep. a reason. Like that whole raccoon crap people still bring mm-hmm. up. It's not meant to get out. It's mm-hmm. never gonna get out. It's in the clubhouse. Louis definitely sits these guys down, and talks to them. Everybody respects him from the player standpoint. Yeah. Um, does he pull all the right strings? No, but who does? My sure. my big thing is at this point, I don't I don't worry about them not liking him. My thing is at this point, whatever approach he's coming in day to day doesn't appear to be working. Top top down from the start of the season, like you have you have every single player on the team is having like a career worst year all simultaneously. That's not coincidence, right? If you had told me that you know three fifteen batting average Jeff McNeil was having a, a slump year, okay, fine. But when you have Michael Conforto having a slump year, you have McNeil have a, sl- a, a slump year, you have Dom Smith having a slump year, you, you have this across the board. My thing is we fired the hitting coach already early in the year. Nothing got better. Mm-hmm. This isn't just – and that's my thing. I, I agree. But, like, you've then put it that the approach isn't working. And that's what you got yeah. in the tweet with Cohen. He says, hey, this approach sucks. Look at the OPS. They got like a 660. Yeah. They're, the, they're the 28th but, worst, uh, best yeah. offense mm-hmm. out of out of 30 teams. Like, But Louie's not necessarily the guy that's implementing the hitting approach. Like, He's there to oversee it and make sure that – but he's not the guy implementing it on a day-to-day basis. He's working mm-hmm. with the hitters. He throws BP. He's there for it. But same like he's not with the pitchers. He yeah. picks and chooses who goes in or maybe a higher up does. But – their hitting coach right now is just not something's not clicking with all of them. Again, they may like him as a person. Same with Louie. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and it could be his fault, but they may like you as a person, but whatever approach they have right now is just its tough watching them swing at first pitches out of the zone and then take strike three down the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like we've been saying this for a little bit now. Like The approach is the issue, and it, at this point in the season, it's not really something that's going to get adjusted. It's something for next year, and it's something that I talked about for like if we want to keep Javi around. Someone's got to change in the way he goes about his at-bats. Otherwise, he's going to be a serious liability, and if we're going to put some sizable money into him, I don't want that. Yeah. You also have a, th- a situation where Jeff McNeil's become a part-time player now. Yep. You have Dom Smith has become a part-time player now. Two guys who used to have – Phenomenal at bats at all times, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, but Dom, it was really last year. The years leading up to last year, he was fine, but he mm-hmm. like last year was a big year. Well, last um, year he became a monster, right? Yeah, right? but the years leading up to it, where he was, it's not like he was out there putting up crazy numbers, was he? So Dom, to me, I like was in the same category as a guy like Conforto, where the batting average is not necessarily uh, something to write home about, but mm-hmm. it's the sum of the parts. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that even though Dom was not like a a 300 batting average guy. Yeah. In 28 in 2019 you batted 280. Okay. But that's, that's my that's, that's my that's point, solid. right? Like you go back and we say we have an uh, an 881 OPS in 177 at bats in 2019 and a 993 OPS in 177 at bats in 2020. Now, you can go back to the last time he spent significant time in the in the show was 2018 
um, where he spent the majority of the season with Las Vegas. He spent 56 games with the Mets. He was a 675 OPS. But the 675 OPS was majority carried by the fact that he just didn't hit for a lot of power. Yeah. Um, and that's not been the MO otherwise. And I think that's the that's kind of the challenge has been he, he looked like, you know, age 24, which was his first, like, year really up. That's when he was the 800-plus OPS. So his, his career OPS, 785. He right now is sitting 664. So whatever you want to say across every level, everything else, he is not the guy right now that yeah. he has been historically. Yeah. Even if he was a 785 OPS guy, I'd say that the Mets are fine. Yeah. Is he is he an answer? No. But if you're looking at it and you're like, hey, we got a minimum salary guy in left field who plays average defense, I can spend money somewhere else right now. Yeah. You know, that's not my glaring hole. My glaring hole was I had Andres Jimenez playing shortstop. Now I got Lindor, right? That's a hole. Mm-hmm. The the challenge for me is, and again, so one of the reasons why you were here today, you have inside info and you know guys on the team. You've spent okay. a lot of time playing. Like you said, you played for Louie. And there's guys who are up in the show who are all around your age. Yep. So you played you played with Dom. Um, yep, played with Dom, played with a lot of them, Conforto and Nimmo and a lot of the guys there. In the in the conversations that you've had thus far, mm-hmm. right, about the whole thing that just happened now in the general sense, what's what you hear as, like, you know, marching orders inside there? Uh, I mean, from what had just happened, this whole thumbs-down scenario, it, same thing that I took it as coming from somebody that's been in clubhouses and – know how they work and sometimes you just it's a long season you got to figure out what to do with it um you know i talked to some guys that are there now and they were actually shocked that it came out and fans were blowing it up like it got blown up they were like it was a fun like my initial reaction like i saw it i was like ah that's funny like even before i really knew what was going on i was like they're booing each other they're booing somebody like it's funny they need something whatever it's a joke they were laughing about it after the game um I think and it's that Javi looked so serious. In the interview. And he gave the interview. Yeah. He's got his kid on his lap, and he's just like, the fans have to be better. Right. And he yeah, just, that was, he, he took it from a lighthearted thing into a, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know. And, and May took spent an entire off day defending yep. exactly what he spent his whole day on Twitter talking to whole fans day. to really let them know, like, the same message that I got from the people that I talked to. It was something that started as a joke, that, and it didn't start yesterday or two days ago. It started weeks ago. Um, they thought it was funny. It was just a fun way to get back into it, trying to get themselves back in the groove, which they need desperately. Even when they were in first place, they were never in – like I feel like they never clicked and were never like nope. mm-hmm. grooving. And now is the time where they're out of it, but they're not far enough out of it where a run wouldn't hurt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to them, it was just – Just ask it was, jo- it, was, it was an inside mm-hmm. – yeah. It was an inside joke to them, and they really didn't understand why the Mets fans were doing that. But I guess when I talked to them more, it kind of boiled down to – a lot of them don't understand that you need that. You need something sometimes. You have, yeah. you know, teammates you see every single day, and spring training is another, another month and a half on top of that. Yeah. So the season's long enough. Um, sometimes you just need things to spark you up. And there wasn't. Listen, they weren't jumping. And as they said, they weren't jumping in the stands, flipping people off. They weren't, you know, cursing people out. They were giving a thumbs down to themselves and laughing about it. Yep. So it had nothing to do with the actual fans. It had. To, it was a reaction to the fans, but it wasn't at the fans. Which and I think that's where Javi got off on a tangent mm-hmm. and kind of went in a direction where he threw everybody under the bus. And then you have a, you have that moment where nobody wants to be like, that was dumb. Right. Like, that's not what this is. I think everybody tried to be like, hey, how do we mitigate this? Yeah. What I hate now is that, you know, just before we're coming on the show, 
everybody's tweeting apologies <laughs> and everything else. Like, don't do that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just go out today, win the game. Then in the post game, be like, we're focused. We're back on this. We're moving on. That must have been Sandy's big meeting that he mm-hmm. uh, tweeted out before talking to anybody on the I table. love when yeah. old people don't know <laughs> technology sometimes. This isn't the first time Sandy's done that because Sandy has, like, a newsletter that he has or something or a blog he writes for. And he, like, air, I think he, it out. sometimes he, like, says some stuff and I don't think he expects it to get out. Mm-hmm. Or is this just a moment where Sandy wants to slip out some stuff? But he wants to be able to feign ignorance because, oh, I'm the old guy. I don't mm-hmm. really know how this works. Maybe, but he should have talked to the players before. But that thing oh, came my out. Lanta. Yeah. yeah. I like that's that's the thing that, like, like fans are like, oh, uh, we, we need Stephen Cohen to come out and say something. We were talking, like, you think this guy wants to go and spend 2 to $3 billion on a new team and, like, them to suck? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah that's what this guy mm-hmm. wants. You you Like, Mets fans have already forgotten, and it's it's the how spoiled they are and how spoiled people are in general now, that the guy went out and signed, the, made the trade, signed off on it, mm-hmm. gave $341 million contract to somebody, then at the trade deadline said okay to getting in more talent and doing what could possibly be there to make the team better. Yeah. And fans are like, hasn't done enough. This is the Wilpons all over again. And it's like, even the Wilpons, I, I've said it before, the Wilpons came out and tried to sign guys. They gave Cespedes money. Yeah. But they just sucked in the margins. Right. And it didn't work. Sometimes it didn't like Jason Bates. It just doesn't work out sometimes. Yep, yep. You can't. The yep. Wilpons didn't make a bad stuff. They signed a good player at the time. David just, Wright gets the extension and his body falls apart. Yeah, what do you mean? Unprecedented. Right. You yep. just can't. It's, it's terrible. It sucks, but nothing yeah. you can do about it. I, and that, that that's that's not them. And I, I that's the, the sadness I have is that Mets fans are going to ruin it for themselves in the short term. Yeah. That like things are already so much better and there's so much hope. You got spoiled by we were winning the division and all these other things. Yeah. And there's still a lot of season left. And, and that's another like going back to this whole <laughs> scenario. No matter what he said, even if he came out, Mets fans find a way to be miserable. Half the fans would have been miserable if he said a different thing. Half the yeah, fans yeah. are miserable. <laughs> there's no winning with them. There's no winning like you can't. Yeah. And the you, people that really think that like you you tell them what it is and they're like yeah but and they just never like and you got the perfect get it. the perfect person reached out to you on Twitter because he felt like you and him really needed to talk to each other um, in regards to this entire situation so can you give us some insight into a, a current multi billionaire owner of a professional sports team who was giving you some insight I can but I mean basically you know he reached out he he sent a tweet out I think he retweeted Donovan Mitchell or something. Um, and I just tweeted on it. I was like, man, you have to see the fans' reactions to it. And who was um, it? It was Mark Cuban. <laughs> it was, yeah, so Mark so Cuban Mark, Mark Cuban Cuba. saw everything that was going on. Right. Well, and I, he, he was probably like, you know who I need to reach out to? Yeah, this guy. John here. Yeah. I see the that leading blue source on Mets Twitter. There leading you go. source on Mets Twitter for news right here. Yeah. Uh, they're playing today. This news. Um, <laughs> so he, you know, take. his first reaction, yeah. he, I think he tweeted back and was like, the Mets need, you know, baseball needs some kind of like Reggie Miller, Spike Lee kind of rivalry. Mm-hmm. You know, those are opposing team, you know, team, yeah, fan, yeah. whatever. But still, it's that kind of fire is good for a team. It's good for the players. It's good for the fans. Like, it, yep. it makes things fun. Like, those games were fun back then. Exactly. Um, you know, then he actually reached out asking what the fans' reactions were. And, you know, I just messaged him back. And basically, the gist was you're getting that everywhere. Whatever fan base you're thinking about talking to, like, Everybody's going to bitch about it. Everybody's going to find a way to be 
mad over things they don't need to be mad at. They're going to be happy for a second, and then something goes wrong. You know, Mets fans were bitching when they were in first place. So what's the difference now? But it's the 1%. It's the loud right. minority right. instead of, like, the vocal minority the team, and, and if, not yeah. the silent majority. Right. Yeah. If, you, if you guys don't want like, if you're mad at the thumbs down and you don't want to go to tonight's game, people will go to tonight's game. Yeah. It, it's going to be, people are going to show up. They're not going to not go to Mets games because somebody put a thumbs down and it hurt nope. a few people on Twitter. Win. Yeah. Yep. Just win, it's, baby. Right. You win. If they were in first place by 15 games, nobody would have even asked the question at the press conference. Nobody would have cared. But they're down, yeah. and it's just something else to get angry about. Yep. They love it. And unfortunately, the New York media is ruthless, oh, and they the worst. blew it up and, and with some really horrible takes that just made it way bigger than it needed to be. And, yeah. and it's, the, it's, the, it's the challenge of... I don't know the other cities for baseball, but I know it happens in basketball that people in LA just still don't give a damn about the Clippers. It's all about the Lakers, mm-hmm. right? Here is the same kind of news cycle and the same kind of thing. It's all about the Yankees and it's not about the Mets. So when the Mets were doing well and everything else, every Yankees fan was trying to be like, their record's the same as ours. Stop yeah. talking about them. Mm-hmm. Talk about us too. It's like, yeah, but you're getting trounced in your division. Right. The downside of this all coming out is that it coincides with the fact that the Yankees went on like a 12-game winning streak and were smashing it and kept crushing it yep. and went from being at the bottom of the division for so they up, might win yeah. the division. Right. And it's like, that's how fast baseball can change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, they, Mets did it in, what, 15? When yep. they went on that run right after the deadline? It's, it's, I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it's feasible to do. It's mm-hmm. not like the most ridiculous thing. But yeah, the, the media's been... Just like even last night, with I think it was Joel Sherman or whoever it was said like the Mets don't have a bias problem, they have a Lindor problem. Like, what are you writing? Like, oh, you got to you got to be careful. I found out that I'm blocked by some uh, news oh, writers. I'm blocked by Andy Martino. I'm blocked by all those guys. I'm pretty sure Andy Martino <laughs> blocked me. Mr. Softy. Yeah. Somebody else blocked me, and I literally like went back. I've never tweeted or done anything <laughs> in their direction. Nope. I know what I did. Yeah. You just I talked to you on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so friends with John? Yo, John. Somebody, saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody saw me talking to John, and he was just like, block that guy. Yeah. This guy's going to be a problem. Because I clicked on like a news article, yeah. and it took me to one of his tweets. And it was like you're currently banned, and I'm like, what did I, what did I even yep. do? And, and like a whole bunch of people were like, yeah, yeah, well, welcome to Mets Twitter, like, yep. like so, like that's the problem. Softies like, all around. When the yep. writers are soft, like yeah, oh. of course, like guys, you can't if you if you block people on Twitter who talk about your work as a writer, you're not allowed to talk about the Mets doing a thumbs down. Oh, yep, because right. you're you're softer than Temple. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. It's uh, I mean, I guess last night the whatever article came out about that Lindor problem thing distracted Mets fans enough to get off the thumbs down for a second and be like, "Wow, you're trash." That yeah, was a trash take. <laughs> trash. Like, that was a garbage take. Trash um, take. Yeah, he's been nothing but great. The, the The challenge for him is he wasn't hitting well, but yeah. he was solving that before everything. Like, mm-hmm. played elite defense, was keeping guys invested and engaged. Yeah. Like. I'm happy with Lindor long term. I think they were going to figure that out. But. Listen, how many people come into New York and light it up right away? Not many. Like not many big signings nope. that either New York team have nope. come in and have a smooth transition into what they were doing. Yeah, before. it's been the last. It's been the last like two weeks that that yeah. Yankees fans finally started to like Giancarlo Stanton. Right, but like it, it takes and sometimes. Even so, it takes, like Gallo yeah. and Rizzo, they came in, hit a couple home runs, and then went quiet. Right. Like yeah. so, sometimes the it takes run. a yeah. season, even a season. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes that to yeah. adjust to New York and adjust to 
The news Dealing cycle. With all that yeah. Stuff, yeah. You walk into a room and you're expecting to have a couple of guys with a microphone, right. and you walk in and it's packed and people are emptying out the doors because they can't fit inside the room right. to ask you a question, and you're like, oh wow, I, I'm not, I'm not in the MLB. I'm in the MLB in New York. Yeah. It's gotcha. Different. Yeah. Wildly different. Yeah. Wildly different. And then you see the fans from all their, like, the Indians and the uh, Cubs last night. They're like, if you guys don't want them, we'll take them back. Like, yeah. <laughs> you got to get it. Like, these these guys are – they have emotions too. They're people. They're not yep. machines. They're not robots. Like, they're going to joke around. They're going to do things. They're going to say things that piss people off. They're going to say things that people love. But at the end of the day, like, real fans know what you have, and they want them back. Exactly. Of course they want them back. I would, yeah. I, I'm happy to have them. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I have a hot – Speaking of hot takes that other people will get mad about, my my least favorite player in the MLB is officially Mike Trout. Oh, because they're looking to shut him down for the season. For his so his calf injury was supposed to be four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he way more than that now. <laughs> before this season started, we talked about if you've got him and Otani and Rendon mm-hmm. and Walsh, this team's gonna bang. They're a pitcher away from everything. And Shohei Otani has put everyone on his back. And he's walked across the desert without drinking water and just been absolutely incredible. Yeah. And he hit another home run last night, and he's, he's sitting on 42. Um, and he's been the best pitcher in baseball since the All-Star break. And Trout had this opportunity that you finally have a wingman. You, hey, hey, you guys have a, you have a true ace pitcher on your team who also happens to be a better home run hitter than you. And... <laughs> yeah. You show me now. Get them to the playoffs. Earn it. And they're going to miss the playoffs, and it's because he didn't play. And I'm just so angry. baffled by his career. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm so angry because, again, like, because what we, we've talked about this. Show Otani is going to sign for how much money do you think next year? Infinity? I don't know. So we've put should, the. It should be infinity, we're, right? We're, should, we've, yeah, got the under over, we've got the under over on the show, and now ESPN agrees with us. We have the under over on the show at $50 million. And the take on $50 million is that he is going to be a guy who starts 20 to 24 games for you yeah, with a sub-3 ERA. Correct. How much would you pay for a pitcher who's a little injury prone? You're talking about per year, 50? Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. How much would you pay for a, a, a starting pitcher who makes 24 starts with a sub-2 ERA? Yeah. Okay. Then, Close how much would you pay... For a guy who has a thousand OPS, yeah. put them together and you have Otani. I think fifty might be a the way the contracts are going. Fifty might be a deal for them. I, I then that's what I'm, that's why we're saying the yeah. under over of do you think on what side you would? But that would make him the highest paid player in the game. Yeah. So the thing is, is that they're one year away. So his contract only has one year left. You still have to pay Trout. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have to pay Rendon. Yep. Just those two players. Right, are already making 70, 80 million. If you give him 50, you're talking you're 130 million in for three players. They can't do it and field the team. No. So who are they trading? Let Uncle Stevie take care of it. Listen, we've, I've proposed <laughs> did you, that. Did you, trade. you didn't see that post, did you? No, I don't think so. Okay. Phil? Um, I, I got I to actually pull up pull the out. post. Because he could field the team. Well, oh, so he, he, he sure could. He sure could. Well, so that again, that becomes they've proven that they don't want to spend very much more money than what they're already going in on. Um, and for me, the question is, I would trade Trout. Um, yeah. Because well, he's been in trade talks also in the past, not serious ones, but like, not serious ones, but enough that it's not. It wouldn't blow my mind if they traded him. Well, so the 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 the, the trade offer. 
and I can't even go back. How far? How far was that? Here, I got it, and I'm sure Trout. Like he's to got. Come back. He's got the deal. All right, ready? So, for the Mets to get Mike Trout, Bill proposes a trade: Dom Smith, uh-huh. Tyler McGill, yep. Francisco Alvarez, yep. Ronnie Mauricio, mm-hmm. Brett Beatty, and Cash. You better get some other big leaguers in then. That's like. A lot of prospects. So again, this was before Dom Smith fell off the map entirely as a hitter. This was August 9th, so just at the cost <laughs> of their demise. How many different positions are you giving up there? So that's prospects. a starting pitcher. Right. So what's what's McGill's actual year been as a as a starter? Well, I, mean, I just mean like literally, like what positions are all these guys? Oh, so Francisco so Alvarez is, a top is the guy. top catching prospect right, in baseball, catcher, top pitcher. ten. Uh, Mauricio is a shortstop. Yeah. And, Which shortstop recover? I get him. And Beatty's a third baseman. Okay. And Beatty and both third baseman all three slash of, outfield. And all three of those guys currently on a few different things are top thirty prospects. Right. So you have three top thirty prospects. Alvarez considered a top five prospect. You have Dom Smith, who's twenty six year old yeah. left fielder, and you have Tyler McGill, who is. But they're all top hundred I mean, in I'm, baseball. I'm all in for trading for trout but giving up like four different positions worth of prospects top prospects that could help the team soon shortstop fine we have Lindor we're locked up mm-hmm. but like we need a third baseman outfielders we could always use we don't have a like nobody yeah. in our outfield's a stud outfielder I would like the Mets to try and get Castellanos in the offseason you know, tweeted that the other day yeah and I, I I love that idea dude's nasty yeah I would love yeah. that love him as a as a player as a person off the field I think he would fit in wonderfully but yeah, we'll we'll see that our our off season podcast. I'm sure will be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, um, but yeah. So okay, so so you you think that's a little too much in the package? Obviously, I, I don't Trout's going to command if, a lot. If anyway. they were like two outfielders and like a shortstop, or whatever, like I'd be more okay with that. But like our catching, eh? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the our third base, eh? Like we we need unless you're going to sign. Well, we talked about like Alvarez which, and McCann. Like sense. Alvarez would come back at would come up when McCann's contract is done, which is only well, like three years away. Now, if you trade them, well, you could also do that. Yeah. Right. But then you have well, to sign think, big leaguers to take over. I, I, so I think that ultimately, if Alvarez was further along with the bet, yeah. I could see a world now with the Mets catching situation in the minors that they trade McCann either this offseason, right. but I would say that there's no way that he makes it past next, next offseason. Year, no. Because next offseason, what you would do is you have uh, Nito mm-hmm. and you have Alvarez. And you split the time between the two because mm-hmm. um, the kid mashes yep. um, and he's a stud hitter. Uh, but my thought process with the Mets trade of those things is the it's two very two guys who are around average prospects. Mm-hmm. McGill at the time was like a two ERA, yeah. and he's twenty six, and they need starting pitching in general. Yep. Um, Dom Smith is a again eight hundred OPS guy. Right. So you look at it and you say, okay, the major league talent today decreases our value, mm-hmm. but it takes $40 million off our cap. But then the question is, when you look at some of the trades that just went out for other players, mm-hmm. how many top prospects had to actually go? So the, the trade just for, um, why am I blanking on his name? Went to Toronto, pitcher. Jose Barrios. Barrios. Barrios required two top t- top 30 prospects right. just for him. So this is, again, Mike Trout. A pitcher and a shortstop. I'm trying to say that they could yeah. get a situation where we'll give you enough in your outfield or first base because yeah. Dom Smith could move to first I mean, base. I'm not – prospect. it's fine giving away top – I'm not opposed to giving away top prospects, but it's just spread out over so many positions that could help the Mets yes. right now. That's it. But if they're going to go out and get 
people in the big league trade for other big leaguers that could help them immediately, yeah. then I guess it doesn't really matter. They can be blocked See, the anyway. Mets are getting to the point that they're too deep in their high, their upper echelon of yeah. their minors. Their minor system is starting to get a logjam in a few different positions. Namely, the number one logjam they have is in the third base position. Yes. Uh, Vientos is leading the organization home runs. He's got like 22 or 23. And he's actually a month younger than Beatty. And Beatty is now up to double-A also mm-hmm. and had went three for four last night or something like that. And he's got a 850 OPS in double-A. So you have two 21-year-olds who are hitting really, really well, and they play the same position. They're both now also playing left field. And flipping back and forth between the two. They're flipping back and forth, and they're sharing time because they're both not ready to move up the level. I think that AAA is then where you also have some guys who are in trouble because you have Blankenhorn. Yeah. And you have, uh, again, my man's batting 400 for the Mets. Drury. Drury. And you have Drury, who's occasionally there at third base. So they've been jammed at third because you now have real talk. Like Jeff McNeil was a third baseman at one point in time. You have J.D. Davis. You have Drury. You have Blankenhorn. You have uh, Vientos, you have Beatty. And then Mauricio is a six foot three guy who might not stay at shortstop, and shortstop is not what we need over the next five years. Right, we're, yeah. we're fine at shortstop. So he might be a third baseman if he does crack through. Yeah. So the Mets are overlogging at that position, and that was kind of my point was they don't need a shortstop, so Mauricio's fine. Yeah. They have another guy who's the same age as Beatty at third base, so Beatty's fine. Yeah. Really, it's that Alvarez is the crown jewel of the trade. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as they have the guys coming up that can handle it and back them up, which they do. Yeah. So it's time to be a Rumble Ponies fan. My goodness. Yeah. Well, so we were trying to get out. We talked multiple times. We wanted to try to get out to uh, see a, a, a Brooklyn game, yeah. and we had, we had talked about it, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Whenever you guys want. And, uh, well, then they, they while, we, the time, while yeah. we were there, Beatty was gone. Yeah. Um, and you're now seeing also at the end of the year – the young guys who haven't played a lot of baseball are exhausted. Yeah. You know, Alvarez is a catcher who's 19 years he's old right and now. he's 235 yep. and he's just like, yeah, <laughs> I need a vacation. Yep. I need to, I need to, <laughs> I need to chill. I need to not do this. Um, but, uh, yeah. So like show Otani getting back into the, the angels thing that I hate, I hate, and it hates a strong word cause I don't actually hate the man. He's fine human. Yep. Um, Upstanding. I, I hate Trout as a as a star right now because he's letting his team down again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point in time. Do you think the injury is that bad? Because like I've seen him running and stuff. Like. No, I can't. I can't justify it. I can't. The yeah. only thing I can think. The only thing I can think is that he doesn't feel right, so he's just not going to play. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't feel right, he's not going to risk something that could potentially. Uh, do you know For where, where is his injury? Calf, I know it's calf, calf, but like, is it? So that becomes, is it up here by his that, knee? That, where that like becomes the question. He's putting his ACL in the is, is his ACL an issue? Right. Is his Achilles already busted? Right. Well, if that's the case, right. If it's up or down and not square, it further the buoys the point that he's not going to be the same player he's been. But also, we're now relying on him. He he should be maybe he should DH more than he has in the past. But now you can't do that if you have Otani, right? So like, there's a lot of things that that team is misorganized and you have the best player in the game but you keep missing the playoffs instead they need a better team not the best player they're too top heavy none of the meat and potatoes in the middle is good enough trout can dh with the mets in a couple years and the mets have way too much in the middle and not enough top end correct agreed and they need to go and they need to chase top end so that's why i'm willing to give it all up because degrom's not getting younger right syndergaard already has an injury right yep 
your bullpen is going to start to age out of their contracts and things like that at some point in time soon. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a super strength. Um, and then... Shout out you, to Aaron Loop. You yeah. have you, you have a couple pieces that are good. You know, Pete P- Alonzo is proven, hey, I can be the I can be the third baseman. Yeah. Right? Yeah, last year was a slump. I sucked a little bit. I have power and I'm dangerous. Mm-hmm. Is he a three hundred batting average guy? Nah. But is yeah. he gonna be a guy who hits thirty home runs every year? Yeah. Should be. And that's what they need. Yeah. And if he can move to mm-hmm. DH, he probably could do even better. So who is? But then we have a logjam at DH. I was definitely happy how he's kind of picked it up in the second half. Yes, yeah. definitely locked in more. His average is going back up. Home runs. I think are going the home run up. derby really jolted him. That's game. what he. I guess he, he just needs he to do a big EP sesh. Yeah, that was the most joyous person during a home run derby in the history of the world. Yep, because it's like, easy dancing, yeah, yeah. dancing, dancing balls. but also freestyle, like like rapping to the song yeah. and hearing it. Like he's gonna have like a musical number and next demolishing year. baseballs, <laughs> and then just absolutely torching everybody in the field, like. Guys, if I know where the ball is, you have no absolute chance. Yeah, I will. I will hit it five fifty almost every time. Yep. Yep. Um, man, what do you think of the baseball season in general? In general, for every team what, ever, just oh, as in its overall, entirety, overall whole whole whole. I mean, it's it's been super interesting. The amount of teams that were up big, lost leads, teams that were down that are now in first place. Um, there's still tight races out there. I thought the Padres were going to be much more of a, you know, problem than they are. The Padres are the Mets. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who are out and there, they and they hard. just don't. They're not performing. They went hard then. They went hard at the at the uh, trade yep. deadline. Like they're they're just because not, everybody did. Yeah. Um, Chris Bryant ends up being again the right decision for yeah, a team. Yeah. Yep. I'm just sho- I'm really shocked at the Padres. That, that's my biggest takeaway from the season. The Padres aren't as much of a factor as I thought they would. But be. and it's not like they're bad. It's just the rest no. of the division is so damn so, good. Yeah. And they also have the, Gi- the Giants amazing. also being you have two eighty you have two eighty win teams in that division already, right? See, but then everybody's like, I don't get it. I don't get how the Giants can do this. They're a team of like made. Those guys are major league baseball players. Yep. yep. They're not prospects that are like going out like you know like Tatis going hoping I mean, projecting Merck. and Tatis yeah. is awesome. I love watching them. But, like, those guys are big league guys that just know how to get it done day in and day. They show up at the park. They get their work done. Yep. They win. If they bets. lose, they move on. Yep. They don't deal with – there's no BS going on with them. They're, mm-hmm. they're not in the news for anything bad. Yep. They they're, just show up. only in the news because everyone's yeah. just confused on how good right. they are. Because they're big leaguers. Yep. And even guys that – you know, Longoria has been kind of mm-hmm. down for a bit. Now he's back up. These guys are having – Borderline Everyone's having years. a career year at the and, exact same and time, and because they they are the definition of like a major league baseball player, mm-hmm. they show up and do the right things, and yes, they get their they results. were incredible. Like it was interesting having the Mets play them and the Dodgers back to back because it was two types of great teams. Like Completely the Dodgers different. have the star power, but the yeah. Giants are just seasoned vets that know how to play baseball yeah. and win. The Giants are like the team that you don't want to run into in a tournament because you know that like. They're just gonna play you really freaking well every single yep. time. Yep. And like the Dodgers, you might get an off day, and you know you might beat up on Price or somebody that's having an off day and yep. beat them. I don't know. They've got the Infinity Stones, man. Yeah, they're good. I mean, but like, like the Giants are just gonna be a tough test every time. Mm-hmm. Doctor, it's gonna be a tough series. Do they? Do they have Doctor Strange have... is holding up his finger? <laughs> yeah. He's like, in how many scenarios did we win? Yep. Like yeah. the 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 reality is we're 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 hoping the anomaly happens. Reality is the Dodgers are, are eighty three and forty nine, yeah. and no team got better at the trade deadline than they did. Mm-hmm. Like true. Trey Turner was batting like three thirty monster. He just went over and continued to do that. Yeah. Like 
They're super deep. They've got uh, Scherzer's going to be nasty in the postseason. I I love the story of the Giants, and you're right. This is what happens when you have a bunch of real MLB guys. Like their floors are high, but their ceilings are getting lower every day. Right. And I think that Chris Bryant gives them the ability to continue that trend. Uh, Every position has a professional at bat. We're going to be this every day. We're going to have all these different things. I just don't know how anybody beats the Dodgers. No, I I mean, I I agree with that. Overall, you might get a game out of them in, you know, a postseason series. Like, you might get to David Price. You might get to whoever and just have a a good day and beat them. I just think the Giants seem like they're just going to wear somebody out. Yes. Like, they seem like a team that's just going to, like, like it might, the Dodgers will probably win in you know four or five, the Giants will win in six or seven. But like they're just going to wear on your team for the mm-hmm. next round. Did the Padres even make it? I'm losing faith in that concept. Yeah, I have a lot of faith in the Reds. Yeah, they have been the, the playing like what they were supposed to be. And, and that's that's kind of my thing is that we talked about the Padres at the end of the year. They're going to play a little bit in the division. Mm-hmm. They're going to kind of beat up on each other. Where are things going to go? Who needs a lead? And then you look at the the NL East, you're going to have a team that's worse than the Padres win the division. So you have a team that's going to make it in. Yeah. That's taken one spot. They're going to need to go on a pretty solid run at the end. They're really going to need to play some like really good baseball for the last mm-hmm. few weeks of the year. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really crazy world where the Padres might not make it, yeah. and they still have a really really good team. Yep. Um, and I think that those are the things that are really like throwing me for a loop. The other thing that's been the most insanity has just been the turnaround by the Yankees. We've talked yep. on this show that hitting in the second half usually outpaces pitching. So if you have a team that's built on hitting, you're going to win in the second half yeah. because the arms are going to get tired and bats are going to heat up. And magically, a team that's built to hit starts to hit. Yep. And we've seen it. Now, I don't think anybody projects that they're going to win every single game the rest of the year. Um, but, but that lineup's ridiculous when they're hitting. And, and, and you always got to scale it to where they play. right? Yeah. We, we did a thing where we looked at like the games that they played in, in – in uh, City Field versus the games that both teams played inside Yankee Stadium, it's about fifty percent less runs scored. But they got the guys that help them at home. Yeah, they went, they went out and got Rizzo and Gallo. And that's who, the big thing that we talked about. Who can flip balls for realigning back there. it? They realigned, and it, it, it's yeah. it's just made their lineup more dangerous because right. you can't you can't game plan for how you're going to pitch around yeah. something. Because those those guys miss balls and they get off the end of the bat and it's going ten rows deep. And what's yep. also happened too is their other big guys have now got hot. Judge, yep. Stanton's locked in. All the Yankee fans mm-hmm. we were talking about before the show are all, Stanton's the best again. And yeah, it's amazing how many Yankee fans hated him the last couple of yep. years and now they're he's like the best thing in the world. They'll hate him again because they'll get into the postseason and he'll struggle. Yeah, he'll strike out with the base loaded twice. And they'll get bounced in the in the division or they'll get bounced in the ALCS yeah. and everybody like underperforming team and right. it's like you guys are throwing out like a dude who was sitting on his couch who you called up for the first time to pitch yeah. like your pitching staff just isn't what it needs to be to win a world series how yeah. do you keep expecting to be there when you don't have you you're missing infinity stones mm-hmm. yeah you just can't you're snap your fingers and get it you need. yeah and that's, I think, been the craziest thing for me is how much the Dodgers have out-Yankied the Yankees from the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, they haven't won as much yet. It's coming. Like, I don't know. Again, they're going to win this year, right? It's hard to see them not. I, I, I don't know who's going to beat them unless somebody gets, like I said, if somebody gets lucky, but, like, I can't see They got happening. dudes on their bench better than most team starters. Like, yeah. they, they, they've, got a, they've got guys playing out of position who are all-stars. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. 
How do you even afford this? Don't they shove Trey Turner in the outfield sometimes? He's, yeah, he's second base. <laughs> he's playing out. Player. He's just like, where do you want me to be? That, that ad was... And they also That might have been the biggest up. trade. That's the biggest thing, because I think Trey Turner's he's super underrated. He's, he shouldn't be. He's he shouldn't ridiculous. Be. He's a, ridiculous. And also, but now, he's underrated for how highly people think of him. Yep. Yeah. He's and, still underrated. And now Corey Seager has zero leverage for his contract. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. yeah. So. He's gone. But you, you <laughs> that doesn't gonna, help him at all. Who nope. would you rather have? Yeah, but you know what? So many teams need it. Yeah, he, yeah, he'll be fine. But he, I don't think I don't think any of the shortstops on the trade market are going to get Lindor money though. No, and no, I know they're going to no, go no. out there and want it, but no shot. Ooh, I don't know. They're going to they're going to try. They're going to try absolutely. We already saw Correa kick a hundred fifty million dollar contract. Correa like it was might, nothing. Correa he, he's going to listen. He's going to get like two hundred something. Yeah, he's not going to get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money. what's Javi getting? Is Javi a shortstop? I don't know. Not if he stays. If he stays, he's playing second. Yeah. Right, which he said he he would. Yeah, but for a second to, baseman with his skill set, his numbers, his stuff, what's Javi getting this offseason? Well, you have to take in the superstar factor, which helps a lot of people. Like, if if you had a vanilla kind of player have the stats that Lindor had, you mean Brandon Nimmo versus Bryce Harper? Got you. <laughs> well, <laughs> Nimmo's not going to get the money that Harper's going to get because he doesn't have that no of superstar factor. But Bi- Baez does though. So even oh, if he strikes oh, out, I want to keep though. I want to keep Nimmo forever. Yeah, I, I love him. But even if he doesn't have the best stats, he strikes out a lot. He he keeps teams in games. His defense is ridiculous. He's going to get money. I don't know how much. 200. So <clears throat> he hasn't had an 800-plus OPS season uh, since 2019. So I guess he played, he played for multiple teams, so that's why the things are yeah. getting me. Um, he's only had uh, over 800 OPS twice. How many All-Star games? Two. Two, okay. Two out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons. Two out of eight. Wow. So again, uh, 2017 season as his like benchmark. Batted 273 with a 796 OPS, 140 Ks, 75 RBIs, 23 home runs, 24 doubles. Yeah, I would take 270 something out of him every time. Yeah, like I don't care if he strikes out. A high like the 796 here, I'll take. Yeah. But how much is that guy worth? Right. That's that's what I'm saying. Like 20 mil for that. I mean, how, how much is he going to bring in? If, I mean, the fans don't like. I guess so that's my moment. point. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see how the we'll year how, yeah. finishes. Yeah. Because that you know how fast I could turn around with New York fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen. He goes. Up, next he week. goes. Listen. If, if if this team just hit the way that they have ever historically hit, they could go on a crazy run. Because yeah. the lineup is way better than they've remotely shown. They were also handed what thirteen games against the. Nationals I don't want to hear handed Marlins. any of those things. Sure. Whatever. They can't beat the Marlins. What are you talking about? They're already losing against the Marlins. And, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. There yeah. You go. <laughs> I would never say that the Mets are ever handed a game against the Marlins. Because the Marlins oh, no, I know. It's, it doesn't matter if the Mets have the best team yep. in baseball. They're going to lose to the Marlins most of the time. Yep. It's so frustrating. Losing 2 nothing uh, now. Yep. Who's starting for both? Yeah, the Mets. We got – Stroman got pulled. He got hurt. All right. Yay. Tywan Walker came in for him. Stroman, one, point one inning pitched, one hit. And then Taiwan Walker's in right now. Who was, I guess, probably going to start the second game, and now they're kind of. Yep, yeah. they pushed him forward because they. Miami, yeah. Not Lazardo. Miami has. Day, right? I think Lazardo. Again, I don't. Th- some, something's out of whack because this is saying the same thing. It's saying a guy pitched zero innings th- thus far. Maybe he's coming in, but Maybe. Eliza Hernandez. Is that that new guy? Think he just got called up. Eliza Hernandez. No, that's crazy. Cabrera. Name. Oh, Cabrera. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, the Marlins frustrate me. Yes, they always the Mets. Always. Who was uh, 
who do they used to have? Jorge Cantu. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, he hit like <laughs> 150 name. against the rest of the MLB, but I'm pretty sure the Mets kept him in the big leagues for like 12 years. <laughs> Jorge Cantu. He he did. Can, have you, can you look up his stats against the Mets? Because he couldn't. I don't, I'm, under I'm, no shot. I'm, no shot. I'm doing that because that's that's a lot uh, of. A lot. That should he, have came up. He's first. a career 271 batting average, 755 OPS. Wow. He hit over 500 against the Mets. I guarantee. He he killed us. <laughs> when he was in Florida. Yeah. Total 2010, 695 OPS. So he sucked against everybody else. He, he it was just, the Mets. He's Mets. just giving yeah, yeah. you hard palpitations. You're still having nightmare fever dreams yeah, about Jorge Cantu. <laughs> no, he was you brutal just, against everybody else. You just yeah. brought. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I like that you just brought up Jorge Cantu. I had Jorge Cantu on at least on at least two fantasy baseball rosters because that's, that's I was terrible. a Mets fan and I was like, man, yeah, this guy crushes. I know, I know. <laughs> you would think that he was one of the best dude, baseball players in the world. This dude is a sleeper. He yeah, also yeah. had like dual eligibility. Yeah, he third base, first base, second base. Yeah. Like he had mm-hmm. dual eligibility. He was one of those dudes who has like yeah. seven positions. You would think so that he was just going to kill it anywhere in your, in your lineup. Yeah. He's just yeah. on the bench till he plays the Mets and then he goes out and gets you a bunch of points. Right. I have his stats. Huh? I have his stats against the Mets. Oh, Get it. Here we go, dudes. That's what the producer is here right. for, baby. Uh, 266 batting average. I don't have his OPS, but he was slugging two, uh, 424 on base percentage, 306. So what does that equal out to? Like 730. Seven, yeah. And five home runs, 31 RBIs in 49 games. Pretty How good. many RBIs? That's solid. I just don't, yeah. I don't know why he's giving I, you fever dreams still. Because yeah. he, it just maybe it was just in huge situations. Like, 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 Every at bat was amazing. It was like it was a couple key games in my life. Yeah. It must have just been a huge situation. You know what it, was? it was? It was because it was It was like when you were playing. Yeah, I didn't. No, there was they a weren't shot the that you had to face him playing. Were they? Yeah. Not when I was a Met. Yeah. When did they switch to Miami? Oh no. Uh, they were Florida more. It's this is Florida. In 2009, but that can't be. No, nah, I was with the Cubs then. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You were playing. Yeah, but not. A, I didn't care about him then. Cantu wasn't, <laughs> Cantu wasn't there then. He still had no. real estate in your head regardless. Yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's all of my dumb. <laughs> I must have been to like three games against the Marlins and he just ended the game against us all three times or something. Yep. I don't know. You're just like, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah, I hate I'm, this You guy. know what I never want to pitch against? Jorge Cantu. Yeah. Which I'll leave that. That's the last thing I'll be. Like Sean Nolan, obviously, we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, we were joking around about his uh, start against the Mets, mm. and, and I was talking to him, and uh, Nimmo hits the, the 3-2 home run mm. on him, and he's like, I threw it because I just needed it to be over the plate because there was no like chance I was going to want to pitch to Pete Alonzo with the bases loaded. Yeah. He's a no sir. I'd rather let it up to Nimmo <laughs> yeah. and Pete Alonzo. But, hey, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks talking about, yeah. talking, talking you, a few different you. things. Uh, and I look forward to talking and, and hearing more about the Mets with you. Absolutely. In coming projects. Yes, sir. Here at yes, uh, yes, yes. the Grounds Crew. Appreciate you guys. Thank you guys as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs>